Welcome to Small Voice Big Ocean. Today's episode is about the illness itself. No. No matter what your illness is, no. Whether it be depression, anxiety, PTSD, OCD, ADHD, whatever it is. It's, well, this first part is about owning it. There's a lot of times when people have an illness, as we do, we try to hide it, stand behind it, not take ownership of it, not recognize it, not give into the fact that it is what it is. You have it. You are sick. You're unwell. In this case, it's a mental thing, but that doesn't invalidate how unwell you are. And a lot of people don't recognize that. A lot of people don't take into account that even though it is mental, it is most definitely an illness. It is most definitely something that is wrong with you. It is most definitely something that is an issue. But since it's not a physical thing, since people can't see it, then it's not real, which is complete BS. Granted, for a lot of people who have a mental health issue, it's more real than their physical things. It's like they can literally break their arm. And that pain in itself is excruciating. But the real pain of not being able to pull themselves out of bed in the morning. Because life just weighs a little too heavy in that moment. is worse than the pain of breaking their arm. And I don't think people understand that. People think since it's a mental thing, there's no true physical hurt from it. But it is. And this is coming from somebody who has broken several bones, who has experienced large, excruciating amounts of pain, and who also has a mental health issue that he has to deal with every day. And I'll be completely honest, the mental health thing is way worse than any of the physical drama I've been through. Any of it. <laughs> and... I'm sure it's a lot. No, I mean, it's the same thing for a lot of other people. And even though it's not spoken of in those words and those kind of connotations, it doesn't change the fact that it's true. And that's the reason I'm really doing any of this is so that people like myself who have a mental health issue can just realize the fact that you have one and it's something that you need to be actively trying to fix to get better just like if you have a cold you're taking cold medicines you're no doing hot toddy or sinus drainage whatever the case may be you're doing all the things necessary to physically feel better but a lot of times when it's a mental issue you're not doing all the things to get yourself better mentally you're not taking a moment to sit down and just you know let the world vanish and do whatever you enjoy or whatever the case may be. And frankly, I feel like a lot of that is because we don't let ourselves identify with the fact that we do have an issue, that we do have a sickness. And that's the thing. A lot of people, myself included, always call it an issue. It's a mental health issue. It's an issue. It's a problem. But not just engaging in the fact that it's a sickness it's a mental health sickness like you get a diagnosis for your mental health sickness 
just like you do with any other illness. Like you are sick. Own it. Realize that you are sick and do the things necessary to get better. To heal your mind. And I don't know It's just if it's because of the large stigma behind it or anything. That so often that we want to ignore it. Or act like you're not as sick as you are. But that doesn't make it go away. And especially in today's age. Like there are 4 billion things on your plate at one time. And it's always your mental health that takes the, you know, takes the back seat that, you know, put on the back burner. Or whatever saying you want to use is. It's always that case. But it's the thing that needs to be in the forefront. You can't function as a person. You can't live your life as a regular human being without dealing with your mental health first. If you can't walk and it's a physical issue, you have to mentally prepare yourself to deal with the pain of trying to walk again before you can physically start trying to walk again. It's all the things that are mental before they're physical. And it's the same thing here. With your whatever your mental health illness is, you have to get into your mindset that you have to get up, that you have to move the blanket, roll over, stand up, go take a shower, brush your teeth, put on fresh clothes. And yes, that's the thing, put on fresh clothes because you've probably been in your pajamas for a week. <laughs> I get it. I've been there. And it's just one of those things that's just the case. But... It's not what's done. We lay there. And we wallow. And we sit. And we think about all the ways that it's terrible. I don't think of all the ways that it's good. Because, I mean, granted, I don't blame you. Because when you do have this illness, you don't look for the good. And not looking for the good in itself is the illness. And not recognizing that part that it is the illness is part of the reason why it's still that way. If you don't recognize something that's going on, you can't fix it. You can't move forward if you don't recognize where you're standing now. You can't look to the future if you can't recognize where you're at now. You can't make steps to progress if you don't recognize where you're at now. It is that simple. It's not a complicated thing. If you don't recognize something, you can't change it. It is one simple fact in life. You can't change something that you don't recognize. And I'm a prime example of it. I don't do the best to take care of myself mentally, and I recognize that. And that's probably why I do feel so inclined to speak on it and to let this be the first thing I address is the fact that we aren't recognizing our illnesses enough. We're not recognizing the things that are going on. We're dismissing them as quirks or dismissing them as, oh, it's just a mood. It's just a temporary thing. Uh, you've been your so-called temporary thing for three years. That's not temporary. It is what it is. It's just the case. Like, you're sick. Own it. Deal with it and... No, try to move forward. And I say deal with it, I mean deal with it as in deal with the fact that you have to own it. 
Like, once you own it, you have to come to terms with the fact that, okay, I recognized it, but now what? It's like, I have this sickness, now what do I do? I have this sickness, oh crap, I have this sickness, it's a real thing. I'm actually sick, I'm actually bad off. Now I recognize it, I have to deal with the fact that how I recognized it. It's real now, and how do I progress from here? And I understand just how fully hard and complicated that is in itself to simply recognize it. And a lot of times it's not now necessary something that you do by yourself. Like you may feel like you there's something going on. And so, yeah, go see somebody. Go talk to a professional. Go talk to a therapist. Go talk to anybody. Hell, go talk to a friend of yours that you're comfortable with and let them diagnose you. Go talk to a friend that you believe also has an illness and see if it's similar to theirs. See if, if they got help or whatever and see if they can be like, oh, no, I see these. I do see these you know, symptoms in you. Maybe you should go talk to an actual professional and then go do it. People are always scared like you go into know a therapist's office or psychiatrist's office and then you're gonna be in there divulging your deepest darkest secrets and you're gonna be in there on their couch laying down like in the movies crying and stuff and that's not that's not always the case that stuff is really cinematic to seem like oh you lay down you get super relaxed and then you spill your entire guts and you're in there crying or whatever but that's not the case it's really not like that in the office first off with your psychiatrist you can probably be with them for like 10-15 minutes while they search for keywords to give you a diagnosis about what you have and if you're going through talk, talk therapy you're in with your therapist for like an hour hour and a half depending on what kind of sessions you schedule and the first couple of times they're just going to want to get to know you they just want to talk to you and they're going to let you set the pace you're going to take time to say what you're comfortable with each session and they're going to say certain things and ask certain questions to kind of trigger you to try to push you to you know open up a little bit more but they're not going to push you any further than they feel the need to i mean a good therapist a terrible one will as soon as you get on the couch but like say certain things pick those keywords out and then harp on those and won't go any further past them and i'll get into you know my whole issue with uh talk therapy and psychiatrists in another episode but I just wanted to put that out there just simply for people who are apprehensive about going to a therapist or a psychiatrist to understand that that's kind of the vibe for the first couple of like, times you go to where it's them letting you speak and understanding you as a person before trying to un- understanding what your illness is so severely. And I mean, that's just how that goes. So it's like the first thing that any people who have this illness is, is to recognize what you have, to recognize that you have illness and to go about doing something to address it. Okay, for the second half of this is not me talking to the people who have an illness, but talking to the individuals who probably know somebody who has an illness and are constantly and prolifically ignoring the fact that they have an issue 
and I know it's a very common thing because a lot of times there's always people saying they don't want to be nosy, they don't want to pry, they don't want to you know push somebody to say something if they don't want to. But that's just it. Most people who have these type of illnesses don't want to say anything because they feel like a bother. They feel like they're wasting their time if they come to you complaining about their day, complaining about whatever's been going on with them, telling you about how terrible they feel or how sad they are or how exhausted they have been or whatever. Even if you come into them and do the same thing, if almost all the times y'all talk, you're constantly telling them about you know, how your day was crappy at work or how this is exhausting or how your kids or whatever the case may be. Whatever you have going on is so much. But they feel like they don't have the right to say the same thing back to you. They feel like, okay, this person is coming to me for comfort. I can't be their comfort if they think that there's something wrong with me. And I feel like it's an obligation as an individual, if you're an actual friend or a family member or some any kind of loved one, or even occasionally hell, just a random stranger who ended up in a conversation with somebody, to ask the questions, to check and see if they're okay. I mean, if you have a significant other or a family member or a friend who's every time you're around them and no matter what's going on they're still quiet no matter how large the event may be they're still quiet and you're just like in your brain constantly you're like oh they're just an introvert they don't like big crowds it's like yeah probably that's probably part of it but what is the other part of it being an introvert is never the sole answer like most people who are introverts are introverts because they have like social anxiety or something. Like they can't handle being around other people to such a degree. And it's not just like a social thing. They hell, they probably can't handle being around you to such a degree. But they push it aside because they want to continue to be your friend. But I always feel like you're not necessarily being the best friend if you can't go to that person and be like, Hey, are you okay? Are you doing all right? And I know it's something that a lot of people just have trouble with doing just because they don't want to feel like they're pushing somebody to talk about something if they don't want to talk about it. But it's kind of one of those, the hell with that moment. Like, if you know a friend just got of a bad breakup or something and you can tell that they're not okay with it, that they're still bitter about it, or if they're no real still hurt about it, you're probably going to try to do things to cheer them up, but you won't try to cheer up your friend who is quiet every time you're around them for a whole week. You're not going to be like, oh, well, that's just their personality. They're just quiet. It's like they're probably just quiet because they have some mental issue that they're, they're dealing with to why you're like, oh, they're just quiet. Oh, and they're over there in the head like, I want to say this to them. I want to tell them how much I appreciate them you know, just spending time with me. Or it's like, we've been here for like an hour and I want to leave, but they're having fun. So I'll just sit here quietly and allow them to continue having fun, even though I'm absolutely miserable over here. So it's just one of those things where like I feel people who don't have an illness don't take the time to recognize people who do and don't make the effort to see if someone does I mean you don't necessarily have to always be directly in their face being like are you okay are you alright everything's okay you're fine it's like it's not that type of thing it's 
those moments where it's like they seem off more than like their natural personality for you to be like, hey, are you okay? For them to be like, oh yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, nah, seriously, are you are you really okay? Are you really fine? You seem off. Usually, you know, if I say this to you, you you're a little more, you know, sassy or you have a or your mouth's a little more smart or you no, know, you do your usual thing and this is completely different. Are you sure you're okay? And typically if they feel like you're actually being genuine, then that's probably the moment that they break and they're like, actually, no. This has been going on, all this has been weighing heavily on me and I just didn't know who to talk to or what to say about it and everything and like I am going to therapy but it doesn't seem like it's enough or whatever. And that's the thing, a lot of times those individuals may be going to therapy and they do have somebody to talk about with but it's a different conversation with your therapist versus people that you're truly comfortable with people that you feel truly are invested in you because granted a lot of times people go to therapy and they go talk to their therapist and they're not fully divulging things because they just don't feel that comfortable with their therapist necessarily so it's a thing that does happen so I feel like as friends and family members you should push more to not necessarily, like I said, be hanging all over the person, constantly asking them, are they okay? But to check in more often. And especially when you know for a fact that a person has an issue, but they're never talking about it, that you've never asked questions about it, that is detrimental. Because in their mind, you don't care at all. Whether you were like, oh, well, I'm family and I love them, or I'm a, their friend, so I love them more than yeah, that person doesn't care about that at all, at all because their brain is telling them that you don't care. Whether they know in their heart that you that you do because, I mean, your friends, your family, whatever, and they in their heart, they know. But their brain is telling them that you don't care because you're not asking questions. You're not checking in. You're not trying to see if they are okay. You're not making the actions to see if they're all right. You're just existing and seem like oh they seem to be fine today I don't need to ask or they don't want to talk about it so I don't need to ask they didn't bring anything up so I don't need to ask they're not crying in front of me so I don't need to ask all these things where it's like you people make a million excuses like we just do in life in general to why we don't do things or why we don't ask questions and a lot of times it's because I mean granted you don't want to know you don't want to delve that deep a lot of people don't want to feel that extra burden, that extra responsibility to someone to f- kind of take that weight when they already have their own stuff going on. And I understand. A lot of people have a lot of things going on. That your play is always full. It's always heavy. And you never want to take on more than you can handle, you know, per se. But in my experience and the things that I've seen, individuals who do have the illness, we don't tend to have that mindset necessarily. While we may, you know, shy away from people and we may, you know, stay away from crowds or whatever, but as soon as an individual that we meet or know is hurting, uh, we're all over it. Like, they're the first ones to be like, all right, you're right, you want to talk about it? Like, I'm here for you. Like, I like I get it, I understand know how things are so if you want to talk seriously like I'm here I, I got you I will listen no matter what time of day no matter 
no, what's going on? There could be a blizzard outside. I will run through 10 miles of snow to get to you if you need to talk and you want to hug or something. But it's typically for people who are running around just perfectly fine and just okay and just have like the usual heavy stuff from life going on. Don't make that same effort. And I feel like it's a disservice to your friends, a disservice to the people that you know who are going through things that you don't make the same considerations for them. And this is probably coming from like a personal thing where I don't feel like my friends and family know make the best effort to check up on me or whatever. But it's coming more from a place where I've known so many people that do have an illness and with me having one me being able to be like hey I got you if you need something and uh, put my own BS on the back burner so that I can take care of somebody else but when I can't other people not feeling as inclined to put their stuff on the back burner to take care of me and a lot of times it's a, it's a thing where people get treatment for something and they come out where they're like an inpatient or outpatient program where the case may be and they get out of it and then people's mind automatically goes to they're cured that's not the way it works it's like that illness is still there it, it hangs it stays around forever i have yet to come across any form of research that says this is a cure for these issues this is a cure for depression this cures anxiety this cures OCD. This cures PTSD. Like, I have yet to see any of that. And if I'm wrong, somebody, please tell me. Please do. Like, I will be first in line. I will rob a bank to be the first one to be able to pay for it. Like, legitly. So, that's the thing people need to recognize. is like these things, they don't go away. Just because a person got treatment doesn't mean they're cured. And people need to understand that better and I know it's a hard thing to understand it's a hard thing to comprehend when you're not going through the same things when you don't have an illness yourself it's always hard to recognize when somebody else does so I mean there are it's not like a universal thing there are no like these look for these exact things and you can tell that somebody has this or somebody has that it's even though, I mean, granted, there are tons of psychology books that say otherwise, but these diseases are different for every person who has them. Some people with OCD only has like one or two certain triggers that they do all the time. They may walk in a room and they may visually count every single tile in the room every time that time, every single time they walk in any of them. That's not something that anybody's going to notice necessarily, unless you're just always looking at your friend in the eyes and you're like. Every time I walk in the room, his eyes are always darting around looking at the same things. Like, wait, bro, do you got OCD or something? Like, why do you always do this? Like, it's like all the time you would notice that if you're hyper observant. Otherwise, you're not going to notice those things. You're not going to notice necessarily if your friend has ever, you know, has had a tra- no, tra- <laughs> the word I can't pronounce at the moment, apparently, traumatic event. And they, you know, recoil from certain people. Or recall from certain situations or every time you have a recommendation about we should go to this place or we should go to this place and those all those places are kind of similar and they're always like oh no I don't I I don't want to go there I can't I can't do those kind of places 
and you think like, oh, they just don't want to be in those kind of social environments versus it being like, oh, like, nah, they probably have some kind of trauma connected to those places. Instead of you diving in, but like, exactly why do you never want to go to those places? Like, is there, like, is there something about those places or is it like anything? We don't tend to look past that, like the surface level of things. And it's the same thing with like, you know, even with people with anxiety and depressions, like, if they just tend to be like, okay, we've been for a little while, I'm, I'm ready to go. You never know, it's like the bit of jitteriness that's in them, be like, uh, clearly this person is like about to explode and run out of this building. It's like, yeah, that's their anxiety, but I'm like, you need to leave here now. And a lot of people don't recognize that or understand it or even see it. <laughs> and it's the same thing with like depression, like if somebody's just been to themselves for like a week and a half it's like oh they're just introverted it's like nah that person's probably wallowing in sadness and sorrow and is probably wanting somebody to come and throw them a, la- a, a, a life vest or one of them big old lifesavers and uh help them but we don't because we just all make the assume that you no know, it's that surface level thing instead of digging deeper and i mean there's nothing wrong wrong with necessarily not digging deeper because everybody you don't need to try to dig deep with some people are perfectly fine in their situation and trying to handle it themselves but you can tell the people who aren't and the ones who don't the ones who do want help from somebody else who do want to talk that do want you to have better understanding so that you can better understand them so that you too can be closer so that things don't weigh as heavy on them as other things do and you should. I mean, if you feel like your friend has a certain, you know, mental issue or, you know, illness or whatever the case may be, take some time to do a little bit of research. Google will give you a list of four billion things that it could be, but just ask the proper questions to your friend. And you'll be like, uh, do you have this going on? Do you ever feel like this? Do you ever feel this way? Do you ever kind of think these things? And then you can probably piece together and be like, oh, wow, I had no idea. But you've been depressed for forever. I always, always just thought it was how you were. And that's the thing I hear all the time from people that I know who have mental illnesses and everything. Is that whenever their family finally does realize or their friends finally do realize that they have something going on. It's always, I just thought it was just how you were. Like, including my own family and friends when... They finally, you know, caught on when I stopped being so quiet about everything that was going on. Whenever, I mean, granted, when I got to the point where I could no longer be that quiet because it was affecting me so severely that it became, oh, I thought that was just how you were. Uh, and and even for me, even though, like, for me, somebody that I feel like I'm observant, it's, it was one of the things, like, you just thought that how that was how I was, like, how like no one should be acting that way really but then on the other side I understood it was like if you don't know you just don't know especially like when I was growing up mental health wasn't a thing that was talked about heavily even though now it is in a pseudo way which is another thing that I'll get to in another episode (laughs) about my feelings about this new pseudo attention that mental health is getting and yeah uh, is is something that definitely 
hour has to spend a whole episode talking about, which will be less informative and more me just ranting, probably. But like I said, it's a story for another episode. But with saying all of that about you no know, people who have the evidence and people who don't, it's a main thing of communication. That no, we should need to communicate with each other a little better. That we need to talk to each other a little better. That we need to put forth a better effort of understanding each other, those with the illness and those without. And through all of these, through all these episodes and everything, I'm hoping that my experience with my own illness and my experiences with friends who have illnesses that I don't necessarily have will shed some light or some understanding and help individuals that have the illness and don't. So, I know this is one of those cases like there are a billion podcasts that are about mental illness or whatever, and there's a billion podcasts that have people who are far more qualified than I am. Far more. But typically, in my experience of what I've just seen, looking about coming to terms with starting, you know, this and, you know, doing this actively, is that a lot of times those people got PhD behind their name. And like I said, I'll talk about uh, my feelings about that later. But yeah, so if you're willing to go on this journey with me and see just what we get into, what you can discover about yourself and what you can discover about your family and friends who may have an illness and no, try to make now this ocean of loneliness a bit smaller for those individuals try to make their small voice a little bit bigger so that uh at some point they no longer smell like now feel like a small voice in a big ocean and they finally feel like a person that's seen and recognized and understood so i hope this first episode has shed a little bit of light on some things for people and i hope we can continue to do that and See if we can uh, help some people through uh, the darkness a little bit. So, thank you for listening, and I will see you in the next episode.